This is Voice the Culture, a podcast for the modern-day confused citizen. Hello, I'm your podcast host, Helen. I'm Kelly. I'm Michelle. <laughs> I'm Amy. And I'm Carolyn. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we have a special guest who recently attended the protest for the Black Lives Matter movement. We are here to discuss her own personal experiences regarding the protest. Would you like to say a few words about yourself? Yeah. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Jennifer Holcomb. I am 25. I almost forgot. I'm 25. So I'm not Gen Z, but very close. Um, I live in Mobius, California, residing um, right by Mobius High School. I just moved over here. I'm currently an HR generalist for one of Google's vendors um, called Lux Plus America, and I love pets. Okay, so before we start, as always, a quick disclaimer. Some of the contents covered are based on opinionated ideas and beliefs. Please fact check everything before forming conclusions. So Jennifer, uh, do you want to tell us about, you know, which protests you attended, including like intersectional ones and why you decided to join? So actually it was a while back, I think it was, it was back in 2014 or 15, um, I went to a small little protest out in Oakland for Eric Gardner, if you guys remember the gentleman who was choked for selling cigarettes. Um, but fast forwarding to today, um, me and my, a group of my friends, we actually went to a protest in San Jose, uh, downtown San Jose. They had protests every single day uh, outside of City Hall, starting from 2 p.m. to um, whenever. Um, but we decided to go out there, and I wish I could have gone a lot more, but now with everything slowly ramping back up, my schedule is a little hectic right now, but I just think it was very important for me and my friends to go because we're in the middle of I, what I like to call a revolution, right? And people don't think, well, what, what difference are you gonna make by showing up? But with that mindset, oh my gosh, if you guys were at the San Jose protest, I went, I think three times. The last time I went was on Breonna Taylor's birthday, which was huge. It was insane. They marched from city hall all the way over to the police station in San Jose. So, I mean, it was incredible. Um, more hand sanitizer than I've ever seen in my life which I can't ever find, but I mean, it's always safe. And it, it was such a humbling and just a really good experience to be a part of. Okay, so people opposing the movement argue that Floyd had a criminal record prior and thus shouldn't be seen as the martyr of the Black Lives Matter movement. So what are your thoughts on that? So George Floyd having a criminal record has, I mean, I hate, one of the biggest things that I, that I hate is anytime someone is, killed or whatever, for whatever reason, by an officer, um, the first thing they want to do is bring up their criminal record, right? I stole a pen when I was five. Does that mean I deserve to get choked to death? No. We, we all do bad things here and there, right? And we're supposed to be in a world of second chances and all that stuff. A criminal record doesn't mean that you get sentenced to death for whatever it is, and it doesn't justify why someone should die, right? And it's very frustrating that anytime someone is either killed by a police officer or by um, a racist individual, they can try and justify by saying, well, you know what, that individual has had criminal, a criminal record, he's a bad guy. And we've seen it time and time again, George Floyd, right? Ahmed, they try to say all these things about them to make it look like killing them was justifiable. 
Also, uh, I, I just want to say that I totally agree with uh, what you're saying. And I want to add on to the fact that when that officer killed him, he was, he was putting, suffocating him because they, for the, because the, there was the crime where um, they thought that, that he was the, he was, he had a counterfeit $20 bill, but in that moment, like he was actually innocent. And so they were, so they were, he was basically putting him in like a chokehold position with his knee. Like in that moment, he was still an innocent man. And when you see the video, like he was still a human and he was still like dying in, in that video. You can still see like, like in, at the end of the day, he is still a human. And like when you, when you look back on it, like that's just, that's just a person who was calling out for their mom and telling the officer to stop. Yeah, no, I, I had to, I watched it the first time and it was absolutely heartbreaking to even watch, but I had to go back and watch it again because of the things that I saw on social media that he was saying, and I just wanted to hear it. And I, I wish I, I didn't do that again because it was so heartbreaking, but we need to see these things, right? I think you brought up a good point. At the end of the day, we're all human. They like to talk about, oh, you're innocent until proven guilty. That's not the case for black folk. And that's why Black Lives Matter is so important because they're automatically guilty because of the color of their skin. Right. And it's that's what happened with George Floyd, a counterfeit $20 bill, which at that moment, we didn't even know if it was real or fake. Right. They all already think that this person is guilty because of the color of their skin. And that's why it's so important. This movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, it's so important for us to show face and to go out there and and fight side by side for equality, for for them to be looked at as humans. Now, people are always going to bring up all these other arguments. Right. But. I think at the end of the day, all the Black Lives Matter protests really stands for is they just want to be treated equally. They just wanted, they just want white privilege. They just want the same privileges as white people have, really. That's all it is. And the fact that it's even a debate, the fact that anyone even wants to argue about racism is, is just mind baffling. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's a very sad video indeed. I feel like this, yeah. this is this. Um... What you just said now kind of partially answers uh, the questions that we were about to ask you. Um, and so like the questions that we were going to ask you were, why do you think the movement gained so much traction after Floyd's death? And why do you think this burnout community is pushing more than ever for change now? But do you have any other thought, any other thoughts to add besides yeah. what you just said? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I think, it's always happened, right? But I think now with the power of social media, social media has its downside, but then it also has its really, really good sides because, because of social media, we're able to go out there and protest. The news, the news stations aren't saying, hey guys, at 5 p.m. go out there and protest for Black Lives Matter. They don't, they don't say that. Not only that, the power of social media, it's really given us all a real live look into what's actually happening around the world. The news only covers so much, right? with social media, those are, those are real people. I'm not saying news anchors aren't, but those are real people who are living day in and day out who are experiencing these things firsthand. The camera phone has been such a powerful tool since then. And I think the reason why it's louder and making much more noise than it ever has before is because it was caught on, on video and there were multiple officers involved and we're just tired. People are tired of seeing cops walk away or get paid leave for killing an, a person, right? Someone who's supposed to serve and protect are killing us. But when we kill someone, we are held accountable for it, 
but I think the reason why it's so big now more than ever is because the power of social media, people are finally seeing it. People who haven't seen it before and just they're tired of cops walking away free. Yeah, I totally agree. I heard this quote somewhere that said that racism isn't getting worse, it's just getting filmed. And it kind of, you know, reiterates your point, as you said earlier. I definitely agree with you. And I feel like, um, like, news stories, I feel like sometimes they like to, like, switch around the story and change it. And there's been, like, so many instances where they don't show, like, how, like, how the police are, like, like, really bad, you know? And it's just, it's, yeah, I feel like social media is really, really great because now we could see the perspectives of both like the police and the protesters as well. So I feel like that's really important. You know, you're absolutely right. I, I think I saw on social media, they, I think it was an LA protest where it shows officers kind of like driving through a crowd and then it cuts off as protesters blocking cop cars, right? On Twitter, you see them running over protesters, right? And that's, that's why this, is, this movement is so loud now more than ever, is because people are realizing that the media has lied to us multiple times. The people who, make the mur- the people who commit the murders are writing the reports. It's, time, it's, it's just frustrating. Everything just, it's very overwhelming. Um, and I think that's why it's gained so much traction and more than ever. And like I said, this is a revolution. So it, it's, it's crazy. Um, where can people find legitimate and safe protests to attend? And how do you find them? All protests are actually safe and peaceful. Um, there's always going to be the onesie twosies who are, who are maybe out there for something other than the cause. And you're going to have that in anywhere you go. You go shopping, everyone's there to pick up groceries, right? Maybe there's one or two people who are there trying to steal something. It doesn't mean that going shopping is bad. So I think all protests are actually peaceful. Every single, every single one that I've been at has been peaceful. Um, and really everything was just through social media. I don't follow an account. It was more of like, hey guys, I heard there's a protest here. Hey guys, I heard this is happening. Some people started up on their own. On their own. Um, some of the protests that I went to, the organizers are unknown. We don't even know who the organizers are. And that's because people are just putting it out there and everyone's just willing to show up. I think the best way to do it, personally for me, is I go on Twitter and then I do like um, hashtag San Jose protest and see if anyone's talking about anything at all. And I use that and be like, oh, cool. A couple people are going here at 3 p.m. Boom, let's go. I mean, that's the best way. I know there are some accounts out there though that have like a schedule lined up um, for protests and things like that. I just don't have that information. How do you think we can better deal with racism in the American police system? And what are some steps we can do to, um, what are some steps that we can take? I think first, um, as far as the whole system goes, it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think it needs to start from the top um, because the top are the most powerful, right? And then it also has to start from the youth. You guys, all of you guys, right? You guys are doing something great here. And this is, going to be that one step that's going to be step towards change I like the term be the change you want to see that I love that term a lot and the youth if we get into positions of power we can make those changes happen because right now the reason why all this is really happening continuing to happen is because the people at the top are continuing to allow these things to happen but when you have a group of diverse individuals in there who want to see change you're going to see that change happen 
So I think that it definitely has to start from the top as far as the police goes. Um, better training, better training, um, because if, if they're able to shoot someone because they are terrified and they're, they're, they're anxious and they don't know what to do, then why are we not allowed to do that as, as, as human beings, right? They need more training. They need, they need probably more schooling because, I mean, if you guys have seen the, how, how long it takes to be a police officer, I could become a police officer if I wanted to. All of you guys probably can. Um, I think it starts there. As far as, like, internally for yourself, um, for me, what I've done is correcting not only my behavior, but the people around me. I used to let jokes slide between my friends, but now I'm actually saying something about it. Um, my family being of Asian descent, so I'm, I'm Vietnamese and, and white, but my family did not okay me going to those protests. So one way that I helped that and I kind of did stuff was talk to my family about it, educate them, um, get into an argument with them, but educate them and explain to them, teach them that we have this privilege to do this. And our ancestors probably protested so that we can be here, which is why this movement is so big. But if you want to help out and you want to change this, it really starts with yourself, your surroundings, educating the people around you, your family, and then being the change that you want to see. So, um, so I have one last question. Um, so as a result of the protests, San Jose City Council has set aside $2 million for new equity and policing reforms. However, they also decided to maintain law enforcement's funding at an overwhelming 449 million. How do you feel about this? I think the police get a lot of money and it's, it's, it's very, while they took the 2 million and they're keeping it for police reform, there's so much money still going into that, the San Jose Police Department that I don't really think they need. And we can argue this all day because, I mean, you see nurses and doctors dying for PPE, right? And here's officers getting new military-grade weapons and kits and whatever, face masks and all those things. I think if, when I say defund the police, I don't mean like bankrupt them, you know, entirely. I think some of that money could be used elsewhere. You know, building, I don't know, homeless shelters or after-school programs for the youth, whatever it is. To, because maybe if we invested that money into the community, there wouldn't be that many crimes. So that we need to invest all that money into the police department. So that's how I feel about it. And I, I don't agree with that amount of money just for one specific department in one city. Um, I will say the, that like the $2 million kind of shows the tides turning in protest favor. So that kind of like gives, I feel like that could like encourage more people to like keep on fighting and to keep on advocating for the movement. I agree. Um, so I actually attended the city council meeting with the council members and it, especially with uh, our, our mayor, Sam Licardo, and he kind of talked about where that 449 million in police funds come from. He did say that a large portion of it goes back to the retired police officers. And he was saying basically that even though San Jose's police budget is a lot, we are still defunded considering our population as a city in comparison to other cities such as like New York City where like their police department is, I don't know if you heard, but like they're, you know, they're going through some changes and they have gone through with defunding. And it just seems like the council members, they still believe in reform and the people calling the public, like a lot of them are kind of tied on 
tied up on this issue because like the younger the younger generation does believe in defunding the police and reinvesting that fund into like the community whereas the older generation was still firm on reforming the police and maintaining this idea that the police are only there to help when as we've seen with like the San Jose Police Department like something's not working and we we really do need change. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, I think we just need to continue to have these conversations because the only reason that there that we are seeing change after so long is because of all the protests and because of everyone that's like speaking on it. So like going back to what like people making excuses for George Floyd's death and I've seen a lot of people creating conspiracies and theories about how like his death was staged and it's really disrespectful and um I get people just have to realize that like instead of making excuses for these like black people's deaths they, they have to realize, realize that they're not being killed for their criminal records or anything they're being killed for their skin color so and I just want to add on to that um privilege the privilege that we have of not you know not being black and I think that if you have that privilege use it use it for good um so i just want to add that last piece use it for good so that wraps up our interview with jennifer about her personal experiences from the protest links to petitions and ways you can support the movement are also provided in the description box if you're interested in what we do and want to better understand what we're about please check out all our socials all ads are at voice to culture if you like this episode please give us a review or like and subscribe hit the bell icon to be notified every time we upload a video um, again, thank you uh, so much, Jennifer, for sharing your story with us and your thoughts about the movement. Um, uh, we really enjoyed having you as a guest, and um, be sure to follow her on Twitter, and uh, it will be also in the description box. We'll be back soon with another episode. Please stay safe and healthy, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right.